2: Good day. We're recording good in the day. morning, so good morning. Good, good morning. morning. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is one of my favorite times of the year. It's middle of March, and uh, for three reasons. The first is, spring is on the wing.
0: Yeah, and do you mean on the way when you say on the wing? I've never, I've never heard that <laughs> phrase. Did you just make wing? that up?
2: Uh, no, I'm, I'm quoting from a uh, musical that I was in. Uh. Uh, there's a character named Dickon. In the mm-hmm. secret garden, mm-hmm. and he uh, sings Spring is on the Wing. Oh.
0: Wow. I was going to say, it sounded like old timey English. So I guess it yeah. was.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um, that's just, I, I'm trying to appeal to our entire demographic, Ben. Yeah. Making yeah, sure I speak who, their language. Yeah. The literate folks out there. S- second, <laughs> uh, it is, we're on the cusp of St. Patrick's Day. Woohoo. Yeah. Right? It's coming right up. I, I actually dress up. More for Saint Patrick's Day than I do for Halloween. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I've got a I've got an entire getup that includes rainbow suspenders, a gold fanny pack, a green hat, green shoes with shamrocks on them. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I'm really oh, excited.
0: Pants. Uh, don't you wear the pants?
2: The are they Notre Dame pants? Or are they like the pants uh, change? Every that's year? a little bit of a sore subject, Ben, because. <laughs> Those pants, I do have green pants with white Uh shamrocks on them. Yeah. Um, But in the last few years, okay, let's put it like this. My abs have gotten so strong Mm
0: -hmm.
2: that (laughs) they no longer fit around my waist.
0: Oh, yeah, let's put it that way.
2: Let's do that. Let's put it that way. Yeah, Yeah, let's let's put it that way. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Uh, So So (laughs) I've got to go back to the the drawing board when it comes to pants. And Christy, uh, just to interrupt
0: for a moment, Christy, I'm sure you have something very green planned for your family. We do.
2: Yeah, We
1: do. For St. So, Patrick's Day? Well, it's not very green, but I do oh. buy Lucky Charms for my kids. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And for most of their life, they just thought it was special St. Patrick's Day cereal. It's only
0: on sale for St. Patrick's yeah. Day.
1: <laughs> and then... And the, I think my son was like old, like I would say he was probably like eight or nine and we were yeah. in Costco and he saw Lucky he Charms saw and he was like, mom, they sell St. Patrick's Day cereal here. And it was like, <laughs> you know, November. And yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. I got to tell the truth Busted. to my kids. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. So What's the third yeah. you dress up. What's the third yeah. thing?
2: Third reason is that it's March Madness time.
1: Woohoo. Did you fill out your bracket?
2: No, you I just so I, No, they just announced the stuff yesterday. Yeah. Well, and so I mean,
1: I, you could have done it last night.
2: <laughs> yeah, last night we have friends in town. I was over at uh, Ben's house seeing some friends. Yeah, no fun. Yeah, friends in town. We were watching the Oscars though. Um, fun. I will need to fill out my bracket, and uh, I think Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday—the first weekend of March Madness—is the best four days of sports for me. You just and, lay on the couch yeah. the Watch entire it? year. Well, I don't lay on the couch, I sit there <laughs> uh and i I will have a laptop open uh and i will feigning i'll feign doing uh emails yeah. uh, <laughs> or something right up Cleaning up my desktop maybe yeah, yeah but yeah, I'm really excited about that yeah that's fun
0: it is it's a fun it's a fun tournament. I'm looking forward to looking forward to the
2: the march madness as well so yeah, Christy, yeah. we used to watch that together
1: we sure did. Wow, we back sure in the did. day, huh? Back in the day. The and seminary you know, days? If, if Michigan wins, you will hear from me, just so you know. Uh, like, you know, yeah. if I, I, I have don't think they're in it, actually. Mm, yeah, they're not. <laughs> not that <Yeah>. I'm saying that. Oh, my goodness. I has going to
0: be
2: in. Yeah, sorry. Tennessee <laughs> is in, yes. Tennessee is they, in. They, they're like a fifth seed, and they're doing pretty well this year. Yeah. 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 All right, so. you should be all right. My team is uh, Indiana University, and they're they you're got a four a they got a four seed, yeah, and they got a four seed in the men's bracket and in the women's bracket that are a number one seed. So I'm Come excited on. about both of those tournaments.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, hey. You know the That's other it. reason I've I've got I like those three reasons too, Matt.
0: Although Thanks. I don't dress up for St. Patrick's Day, um, you should. Um, but you could. You could. I, got, well, I guess I could. Yeah, <laughs> Christy, you're always proclaiming possibilities to me. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, uh, the, there's a fourth reason that March is, this time of March is really great. And that is that there's a new gravity leadership podcast episode <laughs> yes. coming, coming your way. You're listening to it right now. Right Here it is. now. Surprise, surprise listener. Um, what are we talking
2: about today? But, yeah,
0: we're talking about five, um, challenges, social challenges. I think we think of them, I mean, they, they have theological applications, uh, and such as well, but, um, I think we, we tend to think of these things as social challenges, uh, that are facing the church today. It's based on an article we wrote um, last year, I think, on our website. Um, but yeah, it's just sort of, um, it, it's almost like a, a little encapsulation of a lot of the stuff that we have been talking about recently on our podcast. And um, we get into why, why we're talking about these things, racism, sexism, patriarchy, Christian nationalism, like these kinds of uh, challenges that are facing the church. Um, yeah, we get into like, why bring this stuff up? Why talk about this? Uh, We actually think it's really uh, crucial that the church talk about it um, and that we're doing ourselves and uh, the um, the people in the church a disservice by burying our head in the sand or ignoring it or just kind of thinking that it doesn't really have anything to do with the gospel or with Jesus. So we talk about those challenges.
2: Yes. Yep.
0: How that stuff has changed. So, I think that's it. I don't know if we need to do any uh, other preamble or anything else going on. We need to talk about. But I think if there's not, I think we can get into it.
2: Yeah, let's uh, settle, up them, settle up them horses.
0: Yep, we got a trail to blaze. Huh. <laughs> uh, that song probably. Thank just, you, Steve, yeah,
1: Stephen Curtis chatting. I'm going to
0: be singing it in my head, unbidden,
2: for the rest <laughs> of the day. Thanks, Matt. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. So we're talking about the five challenges. Only five because we only have time. Thank for Thank goodness, five. there's only five. There's only five. We've boiled it down. <laughs> I just need
1: one. <laughs> we'll get.
2: We'll, we'll take them one by one. But there's five yeah. challenges that are facing the church today. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and uh, all jokes aside, these are not the only challenges, but they're five that we think are significant, important, and maybe need more attention, not less. But before we start, mm-hmm. um, what what are some of the messages? What are some of the uh, stories that you grew up with about like what were the challenges facing the church, Ben yeah,
0: um that was an, I, I it took a little trip down memory lane, um, seeing that question in the notes mm. for today 's episode, Matt, and I think that the church I grew up in, which was is a charismatic kind of evangelical church, mm-hmm. and so the things that I remember feeling like. Oh, these are like challenges for us as a church. Um, were a couple things. One was secularism or liberalism. Yeah. Um, which is something that was spoken to us as a, it was kind of given to us as a threat from outside the church that could creep into the church. Okay. And what they meant by that was, you know, people who don't take scripture seriously and, um, you know what I mean? It was like a, yeah. it was like, this is a creeping threat that, that might get in here. Um, and I thought of one of my, one of my favorite quotes from King of the Hill, Matt.
2: <laughs> jeez, Listener, I can just, listener if, if the only I can reason just, we're doing this whole episode is so Ben can drop this, yeah, this quote is, from King of the this Hill. This is it.
0: I'm going to feel satisfied after I do this. Would you anyway, say that uh, you
2: are satisfied or very satisfied? Satisfied or
0: extremely satisfied. <laughs> this is actually a quote from that very same episode. That's one of my favorite episodes where the the hills are this Texas family and they go church shopping. They try to find a new church because uh, they got offended by something that happened at their old church. But anyway, they 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 try out a bunch of churches and they can't find one that they like. And so they're sitting down, they're eating dinner, and you know Peg, uh, Hank's wife, says, "Hey, you know, um, maybe we should try the mega church." and you know that i heard the pastor is a former football player you know mm-hmm. and uh hanks like and i still don't want to go that should tell you something you know and then <laughs> and then her retort uh, which is something i love she goes fine you and i and our son we won't go to any church instead we will live the very empty lives of secular humanists <laughs> and the kid bobby turns to his dad and goes dad <laughs> anyway so that was the, that's a comical vision of this, but I think it's, it was, it does represent the feeling of like that, that is the, one of the worst things that could happen is that yeah. you'd become a secular humanist, you'd become liberal, you know, that, that, that was a big threat.
2: So. Yeah. Yeah. Christy, how about for you? Yeah. What, what, what What were the I, stories about challenges in churches that you grew up with?
1: Yeah, it was, I, I mean, I very much agree with what Ben's saying because for me, I feel like I grew up believing Oh, it's the challenge is sin. (laughs) The challenge is like, if your kid is sinning, you better get your kid in check. If you're, you know, your friend is sinning, you better like get, help them get in line and bring accountability. Like, I don't know. That was just, that's the only thing that I remember being a challenge or hearing about that as a kid.
2: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That comports with me. I think sin or uh, the world, secularism, Uh, now that I'm a pastor, uh, the challenges that are facing my church are, uh, what happens when we outgrow our space? Where are we going to meet? Right. <laughs> right? What do we do
0: about kids getting slivers uh, from the pews uh, how uh, that I... haven't been varnished for a little while? Or the anyway. pews
2: just falling apart <laughs> while people are yep. sitting yeah, on them? Yeah, what them? do we do about that? <laughs> uh, h- how do we find money slash people to uh, disciple our teenagers? Like, that's a mm-hmm. huge challenge we're facing right now. Christy, if you'd yeah. like to put in your resume, I'd be happy. Come on. <laughs> yeah, come on, Christy. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, maybe today, Christy, like, as you think about the challenge you're facing in your in your local church, what, what would be a top one or two challenges that you feel?
1: Yeah, I would, I think the top challenge, I'm just saying this week, mm-hmm. um, is we are in a, um, how do I say this? We are in a church that um, does not have a stance on LGBTQ. Yeah. Mm. And they're intentional about that. Yeah. Yeah. And really what we say is everybody, everybody is broken and everybody is loved. And that means that like, especially when we're talking about LGBTQ, that straight people are broken And gay people are broken. Mm -hmm. Men are broken. Women are broken. Mm -hmm. Transgender people are broken. Cisgendered people are broken. And we are all loved. Mm -hmm. And that message that I really want our youth to know as we seek Jesus and as we're trying to follow his way Mm -hmm. um, is causing like real challenges for the people who are in our church Mm -hmm. and wanting it to be maybe stated differently yeah. Um, or wanting a stance. So I feel like that's like mm. the big challenge right now.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You're probably the only church dealing with that challenge. Yeah. <laughs> that's really rare.
1: <laughs> no, that, that actually, nobody's talking about this.
2: Nobody's talking about that. <laughs> no, I, uh, all joking aside, that is actually one of the challenges that, uh, we want to chat about today. So let me mm-hmm. name these five challenges. Uh, we wrote about these. It's an article on our website. We'll, uh, link that in the show notes, but I'll name them here. And then, um, yeah, we'll, we'll maybe take them one by one and just chat about each, okay? So the first yeah. one is gender and sexual diversity. And that the LGBTQ question is a part of that. Um, it, yeah, that's a huge topic. Um, people yeah. people trying to figure out uh, purity culture or post-purity culture, what is a livable Christian sexual ethic, et cetera. Number one, yeah. gender or sexual diversity. Number two uh, challenge facing the church today, which is religious... Uh trauma, church baggage, spiritual abuse, um the string of me too, church to pastors being relieved, put on leave, prosecuted, mm. um, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Number three, Christian nationalism, this marrying of state violence with uh the kingdom of God, right? Uh mm. number four sexism or patriarchy, you know, and this is kind of a subset of gender and sexual diversity, but uh, really how does male centric, how do male centric spaces impact people who aren't cisgendered males? Mm -hmm. What does that mean for our kids and women and people who are non-binary or aren't alpha males, et cetera, et cetera. And number five, racism. Heard of it? Yeah, I'm just
0: starting oh, to hear man. about this stuff.
1: I just had to take a deep breath. You said <laughs> I know, all five I know you those. name
2: like, all that. It's like, oh my god. <gasps> now, <Yeah. laughs> now I will say uh these five, we could have said something like uh, biblical mm-hmm. literacy. This is one you hear, I think, mm-hmm. often, and there's something oh, yeah. to that, right? Um, sure. Uh you could hear like church attendance, like especially after COVID. Uh, mm-hmm. People aren't coming back to weekly worship in person as much as they were before. Some have valid reasons, like comorbidities and uh, compromised immune systems, etc. Um, and some have other valid reasons, like you didn't have, you didn't used to have to choose between soccer for your kid or church, right? And now mm-hmm. you do because now people mm-hmm. schedule things on Sundays, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's other challenges facing the church that I think are valid. Uh, but these five these five are five that uh maybe are a little different from the ones that you mentioned mm-hmm. that you, that you were in touch with growing up what what strikes you about this list and how it's different from what you grew up thinking was a challenge to the church
0: yeah i for my part i think i would say that the cha- like the challenge of you know secular humanism or or um the, the other one that I can remember is because we were a charismatic church, the challenge of like the the possibility of quenching the spirit was a, was a big deal. You never mm. want to be, uh, you don't want to do d- like dead religion, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but I think that the difference that I'm seeing in what we wrote in this article and what I grew up with is that we were afraid growing up that something outside of us, was going to get in here and infect us. Mm -hmm. It was going to cause problems if the out there got in here. Um, Does that make sense? So it was like, it, it was like secular humanism is out there and we have to prevent it from getting in here. But the list that you just named, Matt, that we wrote about, I think it recognizes that the church is not something different from the culture. The church is part of the culture and that the cultural issues we see, quote unquote, out there are actually already present in here. Mm. And so I think our task then is not to defend the church against the culture, like to try to be gatekeepers to make sure that the, the bad out there doesn't get inside the good here. Yes. But rather to discern how we are already perhaps complicit um, in here, like in, in these issues, and, and to repent, so, like, the, the, that's, I think, one main difference here is these are all, these are all issues for which the church <coughs> has been complicit, and we can probably find ways to name and repent of ways that we've actually contributed to these problems mm-hmm. um, in the church. Yeah. And now, a word from a Sponsor.
1: The Gravity Podcast is sponsored by the Gravity Formation Course, a 12 month cohort based training in practical spiritual formation, where you'll learn to notice how God is already at work in your life so you can participate more fully in the life God shares with us. It's a discipleship process that goes beyond just gaining more knowledge and trying new practices. In the Gravity Formation Course, We go below the surface of our lives so that we can notice and name our deepest desires in God's presence, and to discern how God is at work in those desires to lead us towards holistic flourishing, more transformation, more life, more joy, more love. We've trained hundreds of people all over the world in this Formation Framework, and it has helped many people to have a sense of God at work in their lives, to learn How to be more at home in God's love. If you'd like to learn more, go to gravitycommons.com slash formation.
0: All right, let's get back into our conversation.
1: The way that I see it is different is that, you know, I mentioned sin, and it seemed as though when I was a kid, uh, there was unity around getting the sin out.
0: Mm.
1: <laughs> that that's like how i remember parents and like youth pastors and committing and all, i don't know mm. um but it seems like when we talk about racism or sexism or or you know gender and sexuality diversity there are like two polar opposite sides within mm. the church that people are fighting against and so it's not like there it's not like a quote-unquote issue it's like i've got to fight and defend my stance um mm. and so there's not unity to even talk about this because people just get so angry mm. at the other side. and it, it it seems like there isn't really grace and truth given. To actually be like, okay, what does the church, how does the church address racism? And let's talk about this with grace and truth together. Instead, people just defend their own stance.
2: Yeah, that's what struck me, Christy, is that, um, you know, uh, the people who believe racism is a problem and sexism is a problem and Christian nationalism is a problem and gender sexual um, maybe exclusion or um, diversity, like all of these, the things that cause religious trauma and abuse, all of that is Mm -hmm. sin. (laughs) <laughs> right, 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 um, right. But the, yeah. but to, just to marry what you're saying, Christy, is that we've got more energy for you know I don't know the the sin then this is to marry what you said the sin out there then we have mm-hmm. energy of the sin in here and I think that's why this these five were important to us because these are five things that we feel like if judgment does start in the household of God yeah right um, then these are the kinds of things that we think people are leaving the church over and that unbelievers care about. Mm-hmm. And so even if we aren't convinced that it's a problem, if we would like to evangelize the nations, <laughs> we could start with these, right? Yeah. Uh, just as a missional strategy and reckon with them. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, if nothing else. Yeah.
0: If all things being equal, right? If you're going to deal with some sin— Might as well deal with yours instead of somebody else's. How about that? (laughs) It's a
2: little, I don't know. It's a little harder. It's a little harder. Um, People
1: people don't think, like, it's so fascinating. As you're saying that, I I was thinking about right after George Floyd was murdered, we had a time of prayer in our church. We did prayers with the people. And I prayed that day. I asked God to forgive me for my racism. Mm. Yeah. And people came up to me and they were like, I can't believe you prayed that. And I was like, "What are you talking about? Like we, like let's be honest about what is in our hearts—the yeah. crazy junk that, like, thoughts and judgments, and you know, like in the hidden stuff that's yeah. there. And as leaders, man, we need to be confessing these things in front of people to like, mo- like for—I mean, obviously in response to what the Spirit is doing, but also as like being a model of what the church should be doing in these cases." Yeah.
2: Yeah. Sorry, I'm on a soapbox. No, I have a, I have yeah, a question no, about this, though, Christy, for you. Yeah. Um, Let's just take racism for a second. Uh, so when you heard from people of color or read stories or encountered uh, data or narratives or whatever, that that brought to you this idea that well-meaning, good-intended, black friend-having white people could be racist— Mm -hmm. Um, why was that not, why was that something you were willing to confess versus, versus um, others get like really defensive? Like the worst thing you can tell a white person is you may be racist and not know it. Mm -hmm. What was it about, Christy, what was it about how that occurred to you? How that, how you perceive that that led you to confess that rather than deflect or defend yourself? Hmm.
1: That's a good question. I mean, I don't, I mean, my, the first thought is like, it sounds super spiritual, but it's the spirit. Like it's not something in me Mm -hmm. necessarily. That's like doing that. My eyes were just opened to sin. And where have I hurt and where have I like knowingly hurt? And where have I unconsciously hurt? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I need to confess both of those things. And I was broken. I was really broken. Mm. So I think part of this is like my eyes in confession, my eyes would just have been opened into, yeah. you know, seeing seeing that junk in my own life.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that's, I think that's good. I, I I would give you even more credit, Christy. Um,
2: <laughs> there's still room for the spirit. Don't worry. In that, yeah, there's still room for the I spirit. I mean, I
1: asked people. Yeah. yeah. I did ask people. <clears throat> like when George Floyd was murdered, I asked. Like how, how, how should a white person respond to this? Jeez. Teach me yeah. my black friends. Yeah. Teach me. Yeah. And I think in them teaching me, my eyes began to yes. be open to something I was very blind to. Yes. And that, that's and, what I that, still am. I still need to be taught more, yeah, and absolutely.
0: more and more. Yeah. I think that's the credit I would want to give you, Christy, Um, is that I think it is one thing to have something revealed to you, but there is a. There is a difference and, and your, your prayer and people's response to it, I think reveals, reveals that difference. Um, that there's, there has to be a willingness to at least examine what's at stake for me in this. You know what I mean? Like, can I afford, can, do I feel like I can afford to be wrong about this? Do I mm-hmm. feel like I can afford to confess that I may be participate like a participant in a system that's racist and I may have, you know, I may be, you know, I may have, you know what I mean? Like there's a, <clears throat> I don't know, there's, I think there's some threshold we have to cross to be able to say, okay, I, I am willing to leave behind whatever's at stake for me in not being a racist <laughs> in order to find out That's, what's real and, and to really yeah, repent.
2: Yeah, Ben, I, I think underlining that, it's which is hard to do in an audio format, but underlining...
0: Imagine, a a <laughs> highlighter, just imagine a bright: What yellow is at stake
2: for me in not being a racist? Right. Right. What's at stake for me in not being a misogynist? Right. What's at stake for me in not being a leader that has harmed people, or a Christian that has hurt people? Right? Yeah. What's at stake for me in uh, wanting to eradicate transgender people? or or finding that yeah. language to be appealing to me. Like what's at stake for me in that? I think that's a great question to be get curious yeah. about what would yeah. this cost me if I had to repent.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think even the phrase like I could be wrong.
2: Mhm.
1: I could be wrong. Yeah. And like not just saying that, but actually mm. meaning it, and learning, and having having a heart of humility to, to learn and hear from other people, um, and having that foundation be, I could be yeah. wrong.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, the thing that occurs to me, Matt is uh, and Christy, the the thing that occurs to me about I think what's at stake for a lot of us. I think about those questions. What's at stake for me in being not a racist, not a misogynist, not somebody who's not a leader who's hurt people. I feel all that. Like I don't want to be that. And there's some obviously that's a good thing not to want to be. But I think there's a there's a sense in which like that is my temptation is to is to have that's my yeah. righteousness. My sense of like my my rightness, my righteousness in the world is hinged upon me not being a racist. I, I'm I have to be one of the good guys. Mm-hmm. Right? And I have to be willing to leave that behind. And I, you know, I don't know, ironically, but maybe not ironically, trust Jesus for my righteousness rather than my own non-misogyny or my own non-racism or my own, you know, like I'm a, I'm a good leader. It's like I can, the only way I can afford to confess that I fail as a leader or that I have acted in misogynistic ways, the only way that I can afford to confess that is if I really do trust yeah. Jesus to forgive me and to yeah. transform me. Yeah. I have to believe the gospel in other words.
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, and in answer to that question, then what's at stake? Everything is at stake. Yeah. It's the gospel. Um, Right. I mean, even as you're saying that, I just think, gosh, he did so much and I just, yeah, everything's at stake because of the
2: gospel. Yeah. I think to answer my own question, um, I'd, This is how you pass the test as you answer your own questions. Um, (laughs) I'm thinking of what's at stake for, um, not just for me or for you, Christy, like not just what's at stake for Christy and not realizing she's racist, but what's at stake for the non-white people in her life if she doesn't, you know? Mm, So the stakes are, and and honestly, the stakes are so much higher for them, (laughs) right? Right. Even though we feel... Uh, maybe just as white people, that gosh, the worst thing that could happen is that, uh, like I get exposed as being, you know, right, a racist. Um, well, I mean, this is not the only one on here, right? So there's sexism, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Christian nationalism, uh, religious trauma, and spiritual abuse. Um, maybe, maybe, uh, Christy, you named like during that time around George Floyd asking questions and going to prayer services and confessing like Ben. Um, when did you, Ben, when did you give up being a Christian nationalist? Maybe we could start there. <laughs> <laughs> Only it's Are I'm you? still on the fence. <clears throat> uh, no, yeah, like yeah, uh, yeah. these challenges, like how, have, how have they intersected <laughs> with you, I guess is what I'm saying. <clears throat>
0: yeah. 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 I think there's, there's different, uh, different levels of um, identification you know, with some of these things. So I'm looking these over and I think racism, sexism, and the religious trauma thing all feel like they're part of the same Mm. cluster, which is, okay, these are things that I have participated in or, you know what I mean? That I've been complicit in, that I've seen in the church that I am realizing, okay, I need, I need to do, you know, uh, some, some kind of repentance, you know, in each of these i think um and I, I would say there's aspects of the gender and, and sexual diversity part of that as well, um but Christian nationalism feels like a little bit of a different one because i've never really I've never really identified with with that as an ideology like it's never been attractive mm-hmm. to me um and I think I've always seen problems with it um can i can i but i think the, can I share something yeah, about that? sorry
2: you you were just about ready to uh speak on the wonders of heaven, probably, and I cut you off.
0: Probably, yeah. I mean, our listeners will never know. Um, Um, No,
2: I I, I have a friend, an atheist (laughs) friend, and the atheist friend has been really pointed with me on how I operate in an inhospitable, what she calls, Christian supremacy framework. So I, Hmm. I wouldn't call myself a Christian nationalist, right? um but some yeah. assumptions i have about atheists uh she's helped me reckon with and uh realize hey this yeah. this might not be true of you uh, but yeah. but this is how i this is this is the story i want to tell myself about atheists and and if somebody told that story about me i would experience that mm-hmm. as well at best unfortunate and usually i would experience it as like i don't want to be around you that's not fair yeah those kinds of things. So yeah. I, I would say yeah. like, that's not typical. That's not uh, Christian nationalism per se, but it is a, she calls it a Christian supremacy that doesn't allow space yeah. for difference and appreciate in and, yeah. and receiving people for who they are rather than just as a category.
1: We'll be right back. Everybody in your crew identifies as either big Mac burger, McNuggets or McCrispy sandwich, but you're the filet fish sandwich all day.
2: I've never thought it's a good
0: idea for America to just be like, hey, let's be Christian. Everybody gets to be a Christian. Let's legislate Christianity. I've never thought that's a good idea. But I think I have operated in that Christian supremacy framework like you're talking about. Not intentionally, but just sort of assuming... You know, what I'm hearing you say in that, Matt, is that like Christian supremacy is just the assumption that Christianity is normal and that Christianity gets to define other people <laughs> yeah, and gets to define what, you know, things outside of Christianity, what they are, what they aren't, you know, it gets to name them. And so the categories that we have for the world inside of our faith are imposed upon others or assumed to be normative rather than, you know, I'm thinking here of like maybe the experience of the early church, which was, it was not normative to be a Christian. It was actually weird. It was actually quite Mm -hmm. scandalous. And so they they probably had an entirely different consciousness about how to inhabit their faith because it wasn't normal uh, to be a Christian, to follow Jesus. It wasn't, it wasn't normal at all. And so they had this, anyway, I think that's one of the gifts of like the growing pluralism of our, of at least the West, right? The 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 growing pluralism of the West helps us understand, Oh, I like, I don't get to define be, just because I'm a Christian. I don't get to define what things <laughs> mean or what this space means or you know, what an atheist is, you know, that kind of a thing has been helpful for me.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So let's maybe talk a bit, um, maybe turning from the personal to just, as we wrap up here to uh, what's at stake for the church to reckon with these challenges? Like what do you, what, how do you see, if these are five um, of the main challenges that the church faces today, what's at stake for us in these challenges? You know, like for instance, we're outgrowing our space, right? <laughs> Pews are breaking and uh, people keep having babies. And, uh, like, and, and what's at stake for us is like new people won't have anywhere to sit and we'll, we will, we'll kind of plateau where we are in terms of numerical growth, which feels really difficult right, right. for a church our size. You know, we're only eight thousand, and we have this dream to be eighteen thousand. No, no, you know, no. We're at this critical like uh, number-wise, where where um, sustainability is like just around the corner, but the space we're in doesn't let us get there. Um, That's how it feels. So that's really tangible to me. Like, what's at stake? But what's at stake in these? Uh You know, if we don't reckon with our sexism problem,
0: yeah.
1: This makes me emotional. Mm. I just notice in my heart. Um, I'm not trying to be like super serious, but like I can't help but be like, what's at stake is that people get more abused. Yeah. People have more trauma. Mm -hmm. People don't feel loved. Don't feel seen. Don't feel cared for. (laughs) Don't know Jesus. And so... Yeah. A lot's at stake.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good way of putting it, Christy. Um I, I think that I think that is what is at stake. I was gonna say something similar, but I think the like the credibility of the witness of the church, I think, is at stake that if we can't if we can't reckon with the ways that we have been complicit in as we said these are sin. (laughs) Like this is sin. This is what sin looks like in the, in the ways that the church has been complicit in these very specific ways. If we can't, if we can't repent of that, well then like, we don't have anything to say. I don't think we have anything to say to the world about goodness, truth, beauty, you know, like this is job number one for our credibility and, you know, for us to not just our credibility, but like the actual people in the church, you know, I think getting hurt and all of that kind of thing you're saying.
1: People are sick and tired of hearing Jesus loves them. Mm. They need to see it. Mm. And the only way they see it is through us. And if the church doesn't demonstrate it, then they don't see it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You you know, um, I don't think I've told this story on the podcast, but I was was a Christian for 15 or 20 years before I knew how to love. Like even knew even knew the first thing really really even cared to know about what that meant. Um uh-huh. and uh two things really helped me figure out what love that love that I didn't know the first thing about love as a pastor. <laughs> uh one was my um racist neighbor Sean. Ben you know Sean and mm-hmm. and sometimes maybe uh maybe I can tell that story but um I there was nothing about Sean that was like me, and he decided that he was going to be in my life and I had to figure out how to make room for him and I realized that all of my strategies for for people who I disagreed with or had differences with was to either avoid or control them, avoid or persuade mm. and uh he would yeah. not let me avoid him, and he was unpersuadable, <laughs> and that was a great <laughs> gift. Great gift to me, time. a great gift to me. And then the second <laughs> is parenting, Christy. Like, like oh, par- yeah. you know, parenting a three-year-old, you can um, you can avoid them at some points, but then uh, the points you can't, you can just control them, <clears throat> right? Um, and then every day, yeah. they become less controllable, and um, you mm-hmm. you're forced to either decide, I'm going to learn how to love here and not get what I want. All the ways that I want it, or I'm going to choose to not love my child and serve myself. and I think those two things woke me up to the fact that um, all, all of these all of these five challenges are ways that people are not experiencing love at all from from Christians. And right, so, a yeah, lot of right. people that leave churches who experience racism or sexism there, they're moving away from harm. And, and it yeah. doesn't get better if we gaslight them <laughs> right? yeah. or guilt them. Wow, well, why aren't you in church? You know, well, you know.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: Right.
1: Or the flip side of it is the church starts loving, and then people who are like, wait a minute, you just need to like condemn from the stage rather than love right then those people because you're not doing yeah. it then those people leave yeah like yeah. you know it goes both it's just interesting um if people cannot love it is, is hard, hard. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah it's much yeah, it easier is. to be right or certain or energetic or smart <laughs> than it is yep. to be yep. than, than it is yeah. to love All right, well, I'm glad we solved those five. Solved those those issues. issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's the joke. Uh, Again, uh, let's see. Racism, sexism, Christian nationalism, gender, sexual diversity, religious trauma, and spiritual abuse. These aren't the only five challenges, but we pick them as five challenges because we feel like we have a lot of work to do in addressing these, Mm -hmm. and there is such fruit when we do. Such yes. good fruit when That's we right. do. Um, I know we're yes. running out of time here, but in the article, we we list four things you can do. Um, Christy, you you right. named two of them, which was basically just understand your context. Oh, George Floyd died. Who's that? Yep. Oh, let me read about that. Yep. Oh, let me ask some people. The second thing is listen and learn. Hey, what, do, what don't I see about this George mm-hmm. Floyd murder that you see? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. You know? And then you have a choice. Why am I surrounded by crazy black people? Or they know something I don't. <laughs> like that's your choice, right? Um, so those are two of the four things that are super, super important. And then um, the, other, the other two things, just to name them here quickly, is to tell the truth. So that's what we're doing here. Yes. This, this podcast didn't need to happen. Maybe some of you will unsubscribe. I don't know. I hope you don't go anywhere. But stick around. Stick around. Yeah. Love we love you. you. Yeah. Stick around. Stick like around. uh <laughs> but you know I think it's costly to name uh to to deal with challenges in the church. But speak the truth and then and then take action. That means that it's not enough just to be like, "Hey, uh remember remember that sexism I did for 30 years?" My bad. Yeah. I'm but different now. But but actually making on. restitution. <clears throat> yeah. And reparation yeah. where possible. And in knowing the things that make for peace, got to make it.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I, to that, the last action to taking action as well. I think I would add too that there are there are ways that we can not just do this within the church, you know, um, but ways that we can partner even with non Christians, people outside the church who care about these things as well, who are who are moving in the dire- moving our whole society in the direction of justice. There are people doing this that we can partner with. And so there's there's ways for us to advocate for, you know, better laws, better mm-hmm. policies, mm-hmm. you know, um, like better policing uh, strategies. Like there's, these kinds of things matter as well, especially to the people who are being harmed by, you know, sexism, racism, etc. Like the people being harmed by those things, um, I think one of the ways that we stand with them in solidarity is by taking their cause as our own and saying, we're with you. Yeah. What can we do? How do we take action together to, to make this different for you?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Is that? Uh, I think that's a good place to leave it, eh? I think so, yeah. Yeah. It's good, good to chat with you guys about um, this. Speaking of sexism, I have a question for you guys. Why did the gentleman knock on the refrigerator door?
1: My heart is trying to breathe, Matt, and you're like about to tell Why me did the a ge- joke.
2: I'm talking about Why did the gentleman knock on the refrigerator yes. door?
1: I don't know. Why did he knock? Because on there on the might refrigerator be a salad
2: dressing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there, yeah. <laughs> yep. there you have it, folks.
0: There you have it. Was the gentleman being sexist let or that not be sexist?
2: Think about. Think about. I don't it, know. You Matt,
1: know, no idea. Let let us depends on what gender. around.
2: That salad was. Ask around if you think that gentleman was sexist or not. See what people have to say. Oh my Ask and listen and learn. Okay, listen and learn. Take action. All right, everybody. Tell the truth. Uh, thanks for being with us today, and we'll catch you on the flippity hippity. let next time.
1: Peace.
2: Next, next time.
1: Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Gravity Leadership Podcast. If you're finding it helpful, we'd love it if you tell your friends about it.
2: Ratings and reviews online also help others find the podcast. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can join
0: our Gravity community for free. You'll get our latest content delivered straight to your inbox as well as an email most Fridays with curated links to articles that we found interesting or helpful. To join us, go to gravityleadership.com slash join.
1: Our show is produced by Ben Sturkey and Matt Tebby. Aaron Sturkey edits and mixes the podcast. You can check out his work at aaronsturkey.com.
2: We'd love to hear from you. To record a question or comment for us, go to gravityleadership.com slash message and click the Start Recording button. You can also email us at
0: podcast at gravityleadership.com. Catch you next time.